A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescents, ours and theirs. Vanessa, we had an incredible conversation with Emily Ladau that went on a lot longer than many of our podcast recordings. And we didn't want to cut one second of it. So instead of editing her words, what we decided to do was break into two episodes. And what we have now is the second half of a conversation with an incredible disability activist who sheds the brightest light on what it's like to go through puberty and sexual coming of age as a disabled person. We hope you enjoy. It was such a moving and meaningful conversation, and we have no doubt that people will learn so much from Emily. We're going to talk about sex. Amazing. Amazing. Because this is a very, very, very big corner of what you're talking about, right? So let's just call it what it is. People assume that disabled people aren't sexual. But they are. Can you talk about it? Can you share your wisdom and your experience? Yeah, 100%. And I think we need to start with the fact that sexuality and whether you choose to engage is very deeply personal. And so you can be disabled and asexual. You can be disabled and sexual. You can have all different kinds of sexual preferences and identities, just like any other person. And so I think that's really important to ground that in. And then as for actually talking about sex and disability, I mean, that was where I'm pretty sure 
I just got lost entirely in the fray because the basic conversations that we were having about sex, whether it was how to safely put on a condom. And I'm over here like, I am so allergic to latex. Like, that's not going to work for me. Or like, and I'm allergic to it most likely because I was exposed to so much of it Mm -hmm. growing up. I've just developed reactions to it. By the way, I feel like a complete idiot because I've never really thought about the, I know all about latex allergy and I know lots of people who have it. And I have really never put two and two together in that particular teaching module and thought about making sure I brought latex-free condoms. So thank you. Yeah, I had no idea. Nobody told me that there were condom alternatives. And so it wasn't until years later that I discovered that polyurethane is a thing, for example. And that was revelatory to me. But I discovered that doing my own homework and using Google, as opposed to somebody actually telling me that. And so, I mean, if ever there's an example of disabled people are not sexual, I don't know the numbers on this, but almost every disabled person that I know has some kind of latex allergy. It just seems to be very common because we're so exposed to it in medical settings. And so the assumption that we don't even need these alternatives Mm. is like indicative of much bigger problems. And we can Mm -hmm. go way deeper into this, but I think that's kind of a good surface level example. Do you think, I'm curious, I don't want to ask for the worst thing anyone's ever said to you because we'll just end up down a really dark road. I was going to say, how much much time do you have? Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. But I want to go back to something you said because it actually ties back to your comment about how children are full human beings and we need to recognize their humanity. And That's what I love about Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, because I think she writes children and portrays children as full, interesting, wonderful human beings. And when we think about people with disabilities, part of recognizing someone's full humanity is the full potential for sexuality. And yet, for some reason, like I feel like I imagine there are people who are comfortable recognizing all sorts of aspects of a disabled person's humanity, except for the sexuality. Why is that, Emily? Like, why is that the corner that is just like left to the side? There's a couple of reasons. I think partially it's because we see disabled people as these fragile, delicate flowers, and we somehow assume that they are breakable and that we shouldn't engage in that way. But then I think there's also that assumption that disability means that something is wrong with a person, and therefore we shouldn't have any kind of sexual attraction to a person who doesn't meet some kind of arbitrary norms. So it's both this fragility and this Mm. sort of grotesqueness that have come from, you know, centuries upon centuries of perpetuating those ideas when it comes to disability. And also, I mean, if you're talking about it from a purely evolutionary standpoint, like 
who wants to reproduce with the disabled person, right? You know, because that's not good for anybody. And I mean, obviously, I don't believe that, but you know, that seems to be the mindset. And so, don't I, worry, we won't make a we won't make a soundbite just of that. Out comment, of that Emily. part specifically, <laughs> can you imagine? Emily, out of context. Welcome to our disability rights guest this week, and it's just like a clip of you saying <laughs> that. Oh my god! Right. I mean, there's layer upon layer of prejudice so and assumption. So, where do disabled people? learn about how to have healthy, safe, meaningful, loving sex? Like, where do you go for that guidance? I'm going to be so honest and say for me personally, I had no real place to go. And so I finally just like, well, I guess I'm going to start Googling things, which is how I came across porn, which is not helpful at all. because. If ever there was like a corner of the internet that just causes you to feel all kinds of horrible about yourself, if you don't look for like ethically made porn, right? And I don't know all of this. I'm like a kid in middle school, right? right. Who's just looking for information. Who's yeah. just trying to get what they've been promised, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't look like that. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Am I expected to do this? And if you did Google disability and porn, I mean, those are some weird corners of the internet because the other problem is that disability is often fetishized. Right. So you're in some way a sexual deviant. It's not just that you're a regular old human being who wants to have sex. Right. You're both asexual and a sexual deviant, which is incredible. Absolutely. It's really, it's really amazing how I can just juggle all of that at once. But yeah, so I started to watch porn, not because I was like, this is enjoyable, but because I was like, someone's got to teach me something. So yeah. And the research tells us, Emily, actually, that for kids who feel marginalized or who are marginalized, either because of their disability or not sure about sexual preferences or a transgender identity, they look to porn for information and guidance because they feel that they have no other place to go. So until we offer a constructive, healthy, educational alternative, kids feel like they don't have a great option. Well, and I just want to pull the lens back on the conversation for a second and set the stage. So you're a teenager, which is, you know, the peak period in one's life, not the only period, but the peak period of sort of physical insecurity, uncertainty, things are changing. No one knows where things are going to settle out. Your description earlier was amazing. Like the hair is growing everywhere. You have no (laughs) idea what's happening. And so you've got that playing in the background and the very human experience, you know, puberty happens to everyone. And also what happens to everyone is they begin to question how they are perceived by others in a different way, uh, both physically and emotionally and socially. So you've got these layers of all of these things. And on top of it, not only do you have no educational resources, but the only resources you can find are toxic to you. And so is there a solution out there for kids today? Or is there a movement, a place that we can point people where kids, frankly, I don't care if you've got a physical disability or not. I think everyone should learn this information where people can learn inclusive sex education. 
Yeah. So there's been some work that's being done and we are like live Googling as it happens so that I can give the right information. But the National Council on Independent Living uh, is a disability rights organization, and they created a resource on sex ed for people who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And so it's a fairly accessible entry point for people who are looking for a good way to talk about sex and disability in a way that feels approachable. And then I would say also the most important thing I have noticed now is the very raw and real conversations that go on on social media. And I'm not saying, you know, let your kid run loose on social media and dive into the disability and sex world. But if you're curious about it, I think that a really great place to start is tuning into what some of the disability community has to say about sex and disability. A perfect example that I'm thinking of is there are couples that identify as interabled, meaning one member of the couple has a disability and one does not identify as having a disability. And they make videos and they share all kinds of information about their life. And, you know, they're honest and straightforward about the fact that, yes, they do have a sex life. And so there are two that I follow specifically. The channel is called Squirmy and Grubs, but really their names are Hannah and Shane Burkhoff. And then I also follow a channel called Roll with Cole and Charisma. And I just like that because it shows two couples who are debunking the fact that disabled people can't be in healthy relationships and engage sexually simply by existing. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well, then there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how um socks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that 
right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. You've used a phrase a number of times that I love, and it's not one that I have really thought about very much. You've talked about people who identify as being disabled. I wonder if you can just spend a second, just describe that in a little greater detail. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, and we were touching on this a little bit earlier with some of the terminology, there's so much discomfort around the word disability because we have been taught to think about it as a bad thing. We've been socialized to understand it through the lens of stigma. And so why would we use the term disability when it's not a good thing? But in reality, disability is a neutral term that we've ascribed this bad connotation to Mm -hmm. because we think that disability is tragic. We think that it's sad. We think that it's pitiful. 
it's just another part of what makes someone who they are. It's a very natural part of the human experience. And so I use disability as an identity in the same way that I would say, I am a Jewish woman. I am a disabled woman. It's part of what makes me who I am. And I think that when we avoid using the term disability and saying things like differently abled or special needs, we're trying to be polite and do the right thing, but we're really erasing a part of a person. Mm -hmm. And to loop it back to the puberty conversation, nobody told me that it was okay to accept my disability as a part of myself as I was growing up. I got all kinds of comments about how, oh, you don't even seem disabled or like, oh, your legs don't work, but your mind is fine. Or like, you know, I forgot that you use a wheelchair. And I you're was like, like oh. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, what am I supposed to think? Like, are you ignoring a part of me to see me as a whole human being? Mm. And so I'm like grappling with my humanity on that level mm. and not recognizing that disability is just another part of who I am. And I'm grappling with all this other stuff going on in my life, changes in my body, changes in my feelings. and. Every other kid doesn't really understand my experience with disability. So although, yes, I had friends, I had a social life. Every time I had a crush on a guy as I was going through puberty, it was like, ew, gross, the girl in the wheelchair has a crush on me. You know, like mm. I was constantly going through these horrible narratives because nobody ever gave me permission to just be like, yeah, I'm disabled. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Can I go beat that kid up or is it too late, Emily? So many kids, so many kids to beat up. But you know what? I mean, it turns out you just have to grow up a little and then you end up finding a healthy relationship because I'm in a very healthy relationship now. But I mean, I, I wish that 31-year-old Emily could go back and be like, that little jerk on the playground is not who you want to be with anyway. But it's so hard and we always tell adults like, you want to say to kids, don't worry, it'll all work out. Like you won't even remember this in 20 years. It'll be fine. And like, first of all, yes, you will remember this in 20 years. You probably remember the name of every kid who was unkind and cruel and thoughtless to you, just like I do, just like Cara does, but you have a longer list. And two, it invalidates what you're going through in the moment by saying, oh, no, 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 it'll be fine in 20 years. And you're like, I don't even, I can't even conceptualize what 20 years feels right. like. So I want to close with this. A, do you promise you will come back? Oh, yeah. As, as much <laughs> as you will have me, I mean... Okay. Uh, it's so obvious why I was so excited for I know. this Cara's, conversation. <laughs> Cara can like barely contain herself still I, uh, and we've been recording for an hour. Okay. So having garnered that promise, thank you. Two, I want to close with this. God willing, there are people all over the world because people all over the world listen to this podcast. We were number one in parenting and kids in Japan yesterday. So, wow. so figure that one out. What is one piece of advice, and it can be a large piece of advice if you can't boil it down to one. What is one piece of advice that you want to give to an adult out there who is teaching a kid with disabilities, caring for a kid, parenting a kid, you know, just loving a kid out there with disabilities who is verging on 8, 9, 10, 11, right? They're entering puberty. What is your best guidance? for that adult trying to do their best, knowing they're going to screw up because we all do. 
What can you tell them, Emily? Lean into the messiness. I think that we have been taught to brush anything that seems messy under the carpet and ignore it and not talk about it. And that goes for disability and that goes for puberty and that goes for disabled people experiencing puberty. Don't shove that messiness into a corner. Embrace it. Even when you don't know what the right answers are, even when you're not sure where to turn for resources, even when your kid asks a question and you have no freaking clue how to answer it, say, you know what, let's learn about it together. I think that is the best thing that you can do is not ignore, not teach children that what they are going through and that who they are is wrong or shameful. Because it's not. It's just a natural part of the human experience. And what's incredible about that advice is it applies to everything. You can take disability out of that sentence. And it is true about so many corners of raising kids, but especially this corner. I can't even. I just could sit and listen to you forever. And I will. Cara's um, just going to be listening <laughs> to your episode over and over again, I really, Emily. I will say that This is a conversation that five or 10 years ago would have been very intimidating to me. And I think one of the reasons it's not today is because it's with you. You are a phenomenal voice of something that is so common and so commonly overlooked. And as you said, like shoved under the rug. So, really, thank you for opening up. Thank you for being you. Thank you for holding our hands and guiding us into a conversation that can be scary and overwhelming and intimidating and for making us feel like we literally can't wait to pick it up again. I I cannot wait. I just want to close with an example of a way that Emily taught us in a non-judgmental, super gentle way, which is we had committed to having a transcript of every episode of our podcast and we did it. And then we sort of fell down on it and hadn't done it in a while. And when Emily agreed to come on the podcast, she said, absolutely. I just ask that there is a transcript of my episode to be inclusive of people who are, I don't even think you said people who are hearing impaired. You just said, I just asked that there's a transcript. and. It was one of those moments where I was embarrassed because we had committed to having a transcript and we didn't follow through on it. And I felt so grateful to you for having taught me in a way that let me move through my shame quickly and move to action. And ever since that email, we've had a transcript of every single episode of the podcast. And it was a lesson to me in how we teach and help other people, which is when we approach it without judgment and with a generosity of spirit when we can. Sometimes we're so pissed off, it's impossible to be generous of spirit, but really wonderful change happens. And I just want you to know that you helped us make change in our tiny little world of our podcast. And I'm super grateful to that. And I'm grateful for the way you taught us in your own special way. I mean, all of this makes my heart just so 
full and happy. But I think the most important thing, even though the takeaway I already gave was lean into the messiness, the other thing is give yourselves grace. And I'll close by saying that I know we live in a culture where that's not always the reality. But when we're talking about difficult and challenging and really deeply personal experiences like puberty, like disability, giving yourselves grace is the best thing that you can do. And I know that I'm trying to do that for myself every day. So I hope that that resonates with everybody else because we all need to do that. Absolutely. Emily, we can't wait to have you back and have your mom back. We're going to do a whole, it's going to be like a whole sketch comedy routine when your mom comes on. Oh I mean, I, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for thank everything you do. Thank you for holding this space for this conversation. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.